<laughs> like he's done in other Bames Bond films, you mean? <laughs> Bames John. <laughs> Did you say that? I've got the code, alright? <laughs> Jump the shark. I'm Ross, and here's the Dr. Goodhead to my James Bond, Grant. Get it? Good, good head. head. <laughs> good head. I'll, I'll talk about this later on, but I didn't get it for a long time. Uh, I used... So, we're doing Moonraker, are we? Yeah. I thought you were doing For Your, for your Eyes Only. That's what the film said. <laughs> That's what the spy who loved me said at the end. Yeah. I didn't realise that until you told me. Inform the listeners. At the end of the spy, I love me. It said, "Coming next for your eyes." Oh, Bond will return in for your eyes only. But then Star Wars got really big, and that's something else we're getting to later. <laughs> and they made Moonraker instead. Yes. Hey. Talking of your name, I used a couple of name generators on the internet. Hey. There was a couple of ones, and you could generate um, your Bond girl name and <laughs> and your uh, bad guy name. Do you want to know the the two that you got? Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the engine, if you want to try it at home, is on www.madhon.com. And uh, Grant's name came out as Lupe Feelgood. <laughs> <laughs> and my name came out as Ru- Ruby Honeytip. <laughs> your uh, your bad guy name was Ernest Casey. Nice. That's, that's a good one, I like that. <laughs> And my mine was Chris Freaking Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so uh watch the watch that shot if you if nothing else. <laughs> Not really a bad guy and he was it Chris. <laughs> Chris Freaking Sam <laughs> Here's the plot every week. Take a film that's good up until a point and then goes too far. We'll talk you through the film and point out that jump to shark moment where we feel goes off the deep end. Could be five minutes in, could be five minutes from the end. As always, we've locked ourselves inside separate blonde women, <laughs> destined to die as soon as we have sex with them. Yeah, you don't want to be, don't want to be having sex with James Bond. <laughs> and studied the film separately, so we have no way of knowing each other's chosen shark jumping moment. Yeah, this week instead of a question, we have a task instead. So, um, written a little cheeky little Bond theme for each, not the whole song. No, no. <laughs> Or oh, written a cheeky little Bond theme for each other. Yeah. Do you have backing music? No. <laughs> I do. <laughs> do you? Yes. Do you want to go first though? No. <laughs> I want to go get some backing music now. <laughs> Sad, but I guess Paul Blart Malkoff <laughs> is your favorite film. <laughs> Kevin James makes me depressed. 
I wasn't looking at it. <laughs> What's your one then, Ross? My song for you, Grant, was uh, Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> this could take some time. <laughs> Grant McClay's forever <laughs> He's all I need to please me <laughs> He can stimulate and tease me He won't leave in the night I've no fear that he might Jump the shark <laughs> Grant McClay's forever He's a witty conversation With or without libation (laughs) He won't leave in the night I've no fear that he might Because he doesn't live with me (laughs) Grant McClay He's a pirate of all the seas Makes women go weak at the knees. He's a star. He's got no <laughs> But that doesn't matter. He's not bald like Blofeld. <laughs> More like Bruce Willis. You know John McLean, yippee <laughs> That's it. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Did you like me? I did have you originally compared to Telly Savalas. <laughs> I figured that was better. So what's the format of our podcast again? Do we do main players or plot summary? I can't remember because I've just been so concentrated on singing. <laughs> so the synopsis is in style of the famous Richard Keel Kellogg's advert where he eats a plate. <laughs> what? It's an advert for cornflakes where he eats a plate. <laughs> So I'm going to attempt to eat a plate while I do the plot somewhere. <laughs> and who, for those of that don't know, is Richard Keel? Jaws. Right, Grant, you have your plate. You have your summary. <laughs> Can we just... Yep, that's a plate. Ah, James Warner has to get Mid-air theft of a... Space shuttle and discovers a plot to commit... Global genocide. Well done for finishing that whole plate. (laughs) That's good. Did you enjoy the tomato sauce I spread on it before? I did not. Because it's a sugar plate. (laughs) I know we're from Scotland, but that should be ridiculous. (laughs) Give us some main players. Just to give you some context, by the way, my favourite James Bond film is The Spy Who Loved Me, which came right before this. Which starred... Roger Moore. As... James Bond. With... Others. <laughs> in the... 
world. <laughs> um, direct, uh, so it's the same director-writer combo for this one, which I just can't believe. <laughs> director Lewis Gilbert, who also did Alfie, the Michael Caine one. Yeah, yeah, the good yeah. one. Yeah, the good one. <laughs> Not the one with Jake Law. He did Educating Rita, which if you go to school in Scotland, you'll end up watching. Yeah. <laughs> He also did You Only Live Twice, which was I thought I would mention because it was our other choice for this episode, wasn't it? It was. It was the other possibility. Uh, Christopher Wood wrote a whole lot of other Bond films, but I thought I would mention three very special films that he wrote. Really? Confessions of a Window Cleaner. <laughs> Somebody wrote that! Confessions of a Pop Performer. <laughs> and Confessions of a Driving Instructor. <laughs> That's a trio. That's a trilogy of classics right there. Okay, let's get some stars. One of the best actors we've come across so far, I would say. <laughs> Roger Moore. I love him. Acting is a loose word, because I'm pretty sure that's just him. <laughs> He's, he has made some good films. Yeah, out with Bond. Because <clears throat> opinions on the Bonds very wildly really don't they everybody has their favourite one um, The Wild Geese is a really good one a war film I've never seen it uh. and The Man Who Haunted Himself which I yeah. I read his autobiography and he discussed this film in really positive terms and I watched it and it's really good he's in Space World <laughs> he is in Space World <laughs> although in his defence he is by miles the best thing in Space World <laughs> it's like he's in a different film yeah <laughs> Uh, Lois Childs is Holly Goodhead <laughs> she's also in broadcast news but she's nowhere near as good as people say is hated that never seen it she was in The Way We Were us not being women we've not seen that <laughs> my favourite film on her CV Speed 2 Cruise Control oh, she's in Speed 2 what has the really old grandma yeah <laughs> You're thinking of Titanic. <laughs> quite a few years between them. Michael Lonsdale, who is Hugo Drax. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was... He's had a really good career, actually. Yeah. Munich. Ronin. Oh, that's a good film. A good Ronin. Film. Mm-hmm. Great car chase. He's in a, a film called Vroom Vroom. <laughs> <laughs> is that the sequel to Confessions of a Driver? <laughs> <laughs> it's a sequel to The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> and we also have Richard Keel. He was in Inspector Gadget. (laughs) (laughs) Who can forget his role in Happy Gilmore, though? And I'll be meeting you in the parking lot. (laughs) 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 I I think Adam Sandler's the anti-Tom Hanks in that Adam Sandler was better when he was thin, whereas Tom Hanks was better when he was fat. (laughs) (laughs) He was also in a film called They Went That Away and That Away. (laughs) <laughs> Bit Legion seems like a film. Love it. <laughs> and that's it. Not giving you any more. Not telling you who that little blonde haired girl that Jaws followed the pubs with is called. Helga. Starring Helga as herself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the first thing I should say is I taped this film off the TV. Off uh-huh. the movie channels are showing like 24 hour 007. Yeah, because Skyfall. And at the start of every film, they show the trailer. and The trailer the tra- for Skyfall? No, they tra- show the trailer for... Oh, the original film? For Moonraker. Oh, right. And 
to be honest, I didn't really need to watch Moonraker after it takes you. It's almost as long as the film. It tells you every plot point up until the basically the shooting down the probes at the end. Really? Because I thought I felt it was quite long. I mean, you're saying you only took a small amount of notes, but oh, I struggled through two hours. Like, yeah, I think like a lot of Don't Jump the Shark films, there's a lot of plot. In the first 40 minutes and not so much in the last hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. I guess then we start with the classic gunshot. Yeah. Walk yeah. to the camera. Mm-hmm. And what? it is Roger Moore, because did you know for a while when it was Connery? wasn't Connery, it was just a random guy who was shooting at the camera. looked a bit like John yeah. Connery. <laughs> this guy's hairy, he'll do. <laughs> so we cut to... A plane with a space shuttle on top of it. Which is clearly labelled Moonraker. Alright. <laughs> so th- that's not going to be hard to work out what we're on about then with the film. Let's just call it the name of the spaceship in it. <laughs> Do you know what? You feel in love with a line here where the guy who's flying the plane is like, Don't worry, you can trust the RAF. <laughs> oh, those guys are about to die. <laughs> Pretty sure they're going to get shot down. <laughs> but they don't. No, no. It's a... It's a shuttle jacking. Yes. <laughs> Hijack that shuttle, don't they? Because they've stowed away. Drive by shuttle jacking. <laughs> they've stowed away in the bed compartments. Yeah. Who would have thought yeah. to check there? <laughs> they don't. They don't stow away in the spacesuit section because nobody no. on the Moonrakers ever needs spacesuits. <laughs> no, no. That's how good they are. <laughs> Just as a little side, by the way, um, Moonraker was the third. James Bond book written by Ian Fleming in the 50s so no space shuttles in that book there's the classic Bond film of we'll take the name that'll do (laughs) nothing too much else needs to get done yeah so the obvious model of the Moonraker which yes and model plane (laughs) it's got a charm to it it does it's like going back and watching Thunderbirds have you ever done that (laughs) and actually actually, it doesn't look all that bad you can still see the strings but you can pretend they're not there (laughs) one of the guys that did the special effects for this film would be so gutted (laughs) it's got a kitschy charm like Thunderbirds I think though like I said this before but I think there is a charm to old school effects that CGI just doesn't have I mean, think about it in, when we watch these films again in 20 years when we're doing Redux, Don't Jump the Shark. <laughs> I, think, I think Moonraker, will look, his effects will look better than I Am Legend's effects. Yes, definitely. Have you seen the uh, V for Vendetta? Yeah. There's a part in that where they block the Houses of Parliament. Mm-hmm. And they felt that the only way to really do it and make it look realistic was to do it in uh, miniature scale. So they did all that in miniature scale. And I mean, you would never think to look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks just as realistic. So even actually taking the, that technology into you know present day, that what they can do with camera effects and that, mm-hmm. and a little bit of CGI looks often better than you could ever do if you just done it pure CGI. So we cut to M. We do. Who is James Bond's boss? And this is the last appearance by Bernard Lee as well. Was it before he died? No, I didn't. Unfortunately. He could have died a bit earlier, so he could have been in a better film. I thought you said unfortunately there, but you said fortunately. (laughs) Unfortunately, because he had to go out on such a damn film. Yeah, so he gets told about the shuttle jack and then next through to see Money Penny. Yeah. Who's the same Money Penny from the Connor years, and now she's more like Granny Penny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hello, young man. (laughs) He's got one of those big massive pennies that you've never seen before. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was a penny back when I was young. <laughs> we used to pay everything with pirate doubloons. <laughs> I think the Picts are invading M. <laughs> What's that? Let me get my ear trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> You do get a segue and a half here to the way where she's like, I think he's on his last leg about Bond. Yeah. And it cuts to him touching a girl's leg. Groping a woman. 50 year old Roger Moore groping a 20 year old's leg. And then what does she do? She pulls a gun. From where? Standard. First Bond girl traitor. Standard. Yeah. Where did she pull that gun from? Presumably they've been kind of getting into it there. She hiding that gun that he didn't feel it. That's not exactly it's a small gun, it's a massive gun. <laughs> and then we find out that on this small private Cessna plane, um, they're gonna crash it, aren't they? <laughs> With James Bond on board. For what reason? Pick one, I don't know. <laughs> There's no particular reason. That's something he's done in the past. <laughs> Although I guess you could can I think it might be related to the last film because Jaws is in the last film. Yeah. And Jaws is after him at this bit, yeah, so maybe it's Peter's on the point. for what happened to the bad guy in the last film. <laughs> Do you think Jaws was just hiding in the bathroom the whole thing? <laughs> just like, I'm How waiting you? on him, I'm waiting on him, he's, he, just wait till he starts groping that woman's leg. <laughs> <laughs> in the bathroom eating plates. What's <laughs> that noise? <laughs> oh, I would have like the toilet and that, all that ceramics that he could work his way through. <laughs> yeah, so he. He jumps out of the plane. I think I do love this scene, but have you ever seen the Spy Who Loved Me? Yeah, at some point. Because the Spy Who Loved Me's got the classic opening of Bond on the skis. Oh right yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the soundtrack goes completely quiet. Then the Bond theme kicks in as his Union Jack parachute eventually opens. Yep. But this is not quite as good. <laughs> Where's the impact in this? <laughs> no, I think this is good until Josh shows up. To be honest. I think this is when it's just him against the other bad guy this is a really yeah. good scene yeah. although it's really obvious when it's Roger Moore's stunt double <laughs> because the hair's just not as good <laughs> do you know what else is really obvious is the massive like zips in the back of their suits yeah. hiding the secondary parachutes <laughs> from the stuntmen <laughs> you, you think they should be going without that Ross do you? <laughs> no but I do remember watching the first ever like the, the first ever man to jump out a plane without a parachute mm-hmm. and to put it on midway and thinking surely they didn't do this here though like I watched that and it was just a few years ago so I knew it wasn't but then I was kind of because of that then I was looking to see him like when you know it's a model you start looking for the strings mm. there's very little green screen though it's all actually secondary parachute or no this is impressive yeah, yeah, stunt yeah. work here I wouldn't want to try and tussle in the air like it's only really green screen when it's a close-up for Roger Moore, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to punch him. <laughs> or I'm trying to do, like, There's a certain karate in the air. Yeah. <laughs> There's a certain way to what the way Roger Moore fights that's just hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, it's like seeing your granddad fight. <laughs> It's like, Grandad, show us some of those moves you used in World War Two. But he's a bit old to kind of pull them off yeah. now. You're like, that wouldn't hurt no Nazi. It's like he'd swing a punch and his teeth would come flying. It's kind of like what Roger Moore's like. Yeah, so Jaws, 
defies gravity to catch up with them as well, doesn't he? <laughs> now, an uneducated person would say he was heavier, so he should fall quicker. But as we know, that isn't true. Wait, how gravity works. No. <laughs> Although I guess we'll get into gravity a bit more later. <laughs> I do love the way he gets away for Jaws as well. Where Jaws is about to grab him, so he just pulls his shoot. <laughs> Cheerio. And Jaws, oh, what does Jaws do? I, I contemplated just sticking this down yeah. as my jump the shark moment right away. Caught the comic buffoon falls into a circus tail. Well, before he does that, he tries to flap his arms to oh, see if he can yes, fly. He does, and I forgot about that. Yeah, so he does, you're right, he falls into falls the circus in. tent and yeah. lives. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> the wind pressure hasn't snapped his neck at all. <laughs> Landing at that speed didn't cause him to tear right through the tent. <laughs> but that's when we get the, the start, isn't it? The yeah. spinning, spinning jaws is how we get the, the start of the, the, the Bond credits and theme. sequence thing. Yeah. The, this is a poor Bond theme, though. Yeah, and it's a Shirley Bassey one. Yeah, it's a Pratt, but she was not the first choice to for their part. They basically went through everyone they could before they were like, okay, Old Faithful. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, they, is it the same the song? Same, these are the same producers who didn't want Paul McCartney to do his song. Though. Can't we give it to someone else who's a girl? It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy, you. Yeah, there's um, a lot of gyrating women and nudity, isn't there? And these credits. <laughs> really bad, like. Early well, late seventies uh, CGI effects. Well, not CGI. <laughs> what did you say it was like? It was. It wasn't really CGI, was it? I remember the, the dot matrix. <laughs> dot matrix effects. I think the guy that did these credits, and he did most of them, didn't he? Until I think Goldeneye was the first one he didn't do. Yeah. Um, I think he was just a pervert that was lucky to find an outlet. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, but just for silhouettes of women. <laughs> you didn't want to fill in the blanks. <laughs> Short-sighted firm. <laughs> I want you all to see the way I see it. I did notice the credit as well, edited by John Glenn, who later went on to direct a lot of the later Bonds. No, no. Not flying to space. It's not that John Glenn. <laughs> so... James returns to London, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, we see he him come into the office. Yeah, and he tries to flirt with her, but <laughs> even at Roger Moore's advanced age at this point, it still looks like an odd match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, mummy, <laughs> <laughs> granny, <laughs> behave, granny. <laughs> She's like, oh, you young rascalians. And <laughs> um, he comes in and basically. Is smarter than Q. I've yeah. got that man. Don't like this bit of dialogue where he just shows up Q. Like, I like Q. I don't like Q, and you want me to tell you why I don't like Q? Why? Because as a bald man, his comb over is atrocious. <laughs> An insult to just being bald and proud. <laughs> it's the last of the great comb overs in cinema history, I think. Because he kept on to that right until one of the Pierce Brosnan ones, which was his last one. Mm. So the World Is Not Enough was his last one, I think. Did he die? He did die, yeah. yeah. In mysterious circumstances. Really? Yeah. How? What were the like mysterious he circumstances? Died in a car, but on a country road by himself in an accident. <laughs> 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 Almost like the Bonfages were like, yeah, we want John Cleese to be in the next one. <laughs> you think it was one of his own inventions went wrong? <laughs> yeah, so we get some 
British government agent exposition here. <laughs> oh, yeah. All about Hugo Drax and Moonraker. In California. <laughs> it's the wrist gun. Yes. I could have thought of more subtle weapons. <laughs> you see when he takes out the pack? It doesn't look like a wristwatch or anything. It looks, it looks like a small submachine gun that he's attached to a wristwatch. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you'd look at that. Be... <laughs> you know where you'd go, yeah, both his arms look the same size. Just <laughs> in those tight... Um... Cuffs. Yeah. Because yeah. he's always done up in a proper suit and tuxedo. Yep. Or... <laughs> Never out of your suit. Did you notice what Bond hits with the wrist gun when he fires it? Yeah, the backside of a horse, but <laughs> he does. <laughs> that is total Roger Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> the the plot's fairly shifting along at this point, isn't it? He's off to see the the bad guy. Yeah, in California. He's <laughs> off to the bad guy's house for tea. <laughs> Which James Bond must be the only secret agent in the world that does stuff like this. <laughs> By the way, my name's James Bond, and I'm coming to see you. <laughs> I'm the bad. I'm the, I'm the bad guy to your good guy. I'm a spy, but I'm always going to use my own name. <laughs> or even if it's his agent name, he still always uses it. Yeah. Yeah. So Hugo Drax is obsessed with the conquest of space. Well, before that, we have him get in the helicopter, don't we, mm-hmm. to go to Hugo Drax's like facility. Pad. Yeah, <laughs> the woman comes on. She's like, "I'll be your busty pilot for today." Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we have sex later? <laughs> uh, by the way, this is a completely soundproof helicopter, so you won't need headphones to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Bond was innovating all sorts of things. <laughs> but did you notice as well? You know, like, they look over the facility and then they go and land at the big mansion that Hugo Drax has, and they land the helicopter in the driveway, mm. and a chauffeur comes out. And swaps with a pilot. Does, is that like Valley helicopter parking? <laughs> is she going to come back out later on and it's going to be cleaned and all polished? And then she'll just fly home? No, she'll throw him the keys and he'll have to go and get them. <laughs> <laughs> so Hugo Drax. As a bearded man, what do you think of Hugo Drax's beard? I, I think he definitely looks evil. <laughs> he's he's definitely got that bit. point, hasn't he? But the missing bits at the side... Like, there's no sideburn to beard connection. Uh, yeah, just yeah. That's... <laughs> bad, bad follicle growth is always saying a, a bad guy. <laughs> and we're introduced to Hugo Drax, aren't we? Playing piano. Chopin. Which never never comes up again. <laughs> he's never like... And he never even explains why he's playing piano. He's like, oh, sorry, I didn't see you. I was playing piano or... Oh, I like to play to girls. Or, no, just don't play piano. I'm a bad guy. <laughs> this is what I do with my time, but I'm not killing people. This is the classic Bond bad guy, the way. I'm refined. Yeah. I'm not just a bad guy. I'm, I'm a refined bad guy. Like Persian cats. <laughs> Hot women. Swingy chairs. Yeah. 70s decor. <laughs> that is nice decor. I'm going to challenge you on that. Oh, I'll nice. like move into that mansion in an instance. <laughs> Not change a thing. <laughs> Pre-revolutionary France, Degor. <laughs> <laughs> I love his line, though. His last line as Bond leaves. That's that. Did you hear it? See that some harm comes to him. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, a Japanese manservant who constantly wears a kimono when he's walking about. It is the 70s. <laughs> he's obviously going to know karate, let's be honest. <laughs> just biting down until he does that. <laughs> so he meets Dr. Goodhead. Hot women can't be doctors, Grant. Don't be silly. <laughs> This surely can't be the professor is his mindset when he turns up, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, assistant, I was looking for a doctor. (laughs) Do you remember this is the the same film franchise which later cast Denise Richards as a nuclear scientist? (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Christmas Jones. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Christmas only came once a year. (laughs) That's his life. Pish Brosnan. Uh, In many ways, the Pish Brosnan ones are the worst. <laughs> Go by that link, definitely. Yes, he meets Dr. Goodhead, which is a real name, by the way. How do you mean that is a good name? Is a, a real, real name. name? Like, people are actually called Goodhead. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just the. It's obviously they've heard it, overheard it one day. <laughs> okay, I'm writing a Bond film. I've overheard this name. <laughs> well, the name Woodcock is a real name, so. <laughs> Because he gives her the classic Bond, James Bond, like, yeah. which is in every one of the films. Yeah, so they're going to go in the astronaut trainer thing, which she says to him, it's nothing to worry about. A 70-year-old could go in it with no issues. And he's like, money, Penny. <laughs> Get yourself in there. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm not 70. <laughs> I'm 106. Because <laughs> Roger Merck, to be honest, looks virgin on 60, 70. <laughs> He's close to 60 when he makes his last one, and it's quite embarrassing, especially the bit where he has sex with Grace Jones. <laughs> so he, he jumps in, doesn't he? And it's like a G-force thing. And yeah. She she goes away, and it's it's a centrifuge. Sorry, that's the name for it. Yeah, and the, the Japanese assistant sets it to... High. <laughs> yeah. Sets it to dangerous. And he used to, he, he presses the what they call the chicken button, don't they? Which is like the one that's meant to cut the power, but he's... He's cut the chicken buttons controls. Mm-hmm. So I like this up, though. I think this works. Well, he ends up having to use the gun, doesn't he? Yeah. But it's only like two seconds after we've been introduced to the gun. You see, ugh, you see, he, um, he does look like he went in it. Yeah. Was that what you were going to say? You can his see face his face pushed back. pulling. Yeah. And I love the shot as well. There's a shot here that's got the assistant, you know, like sitting there playing with the controls and laughing maniacally. <laughs> I'm a bad guy. <laughs> But you've got the reflection of the centrifuge moving. Moving around at the same time, yeah, it's a good shot. That's a great shot. I, I do get the feeling that Roger Moore is either being genuinely pulled back by the gravity or he's just doing his post-coital phase. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, it, it, he does look like he committed to at least some amount of G-force to go around in that thing. Like. Unless the G-force was Holly Goodhead. <laughs> 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 so is this James Bond getting stirred and not shaken? <laughs> nice. So he nips along to see Dr. Goodhead in her room. He just walks in on her. He just walks in and basically starts kissing her. <laughs> This'll make up for the centrifuge business. <laughs> oh no. She needs a rape alarm. <laughs> well he goes to see the pilot first. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he? He goes to see the pirate. The, pi- the pirate. pirate. <laughs> Arr, bond I, me, lad. I show you where the safe be. <laughs> <laughs> but first you got to pump me. <laughs> X marks the spot for young safe. 
It's on this island. <laughs> Come get marooned on me sex island. <laughs> so yeah, he, he just he just goes straight from kissing to sex. And did, did you notice? He, he waits for her to fall asleep so that he can sneak about the mansion. Mm-hmm. And he, he he wants to sneak about the mansion and get in a um, Draxler's a Drax Drax's room and uh, get to the safe or some some documents. But as he's as he's kind of letting the the girl sleep and listening for the the house kind of going to sleep, the bell tolls. And if we hear all the bell knocks, did you know what time it was? What? Eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's in their bed asleep at eight o'clock. <laughs> That's the. This is seventy nine for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's way past the summer of love. <laughs> Everybody was just too tired and needed to go to bed at eight o'clock. <laughs> you got Lovey's 007 camera though. No, I, I, there's two gadgets here. He uses the cigarette case to crack the safe, and it's got like a little X-ray thing on it. That's really cool. You can see inside this camera, and you can see it working and everything. And then he uses his 007 camera, which has his number on it. Surely if you lost that, you'd want no nothing to do with the documents on it. That will just put my number on it. He uses his, re- his name, same name everywhere <laughs> in the world. I don't think he really cares. I'm pretty sure James Bond isn't his real name, though, is it? It's not his real name, no, it's his code name. It's but like he James still James uses Martin. it in every mission that he does. <laughs> True. Yeah. But is it famous? Do you not think, though, that a spy would probably be more likely to, rather than sit down with Hugo Drax and hear his bullshit story that is going to be a lie anyway, <laughs> yeah. a spy would just break into his house and take the pictures <laughs> and get out again. <laughs> like he's done another James Bond films, you mean? <laughs> Bames John. <laughs> I've got the code, right? <laughs> Bames John. John. Bames John. Cases to Lil. <laughs> Miss Punny Many. <laughs> Dougal Hrax. That's quite a good one. Dougal Hrax. That could be a bad guy's name. <laughs> Punny Many. <man. laughs> Hoodgead just doesn't have the same ring to him. <laughs> for those two two things, I, I reckon the cigarette case is cool. I, I'm not so, so keen on the, the camera. And just so you, you're um, reminded that it's the 70s, he knocks next out to do some shooting with Hugo Drax. Yeah. With a rather fetching tweed jacket with some <laughs> pat- elbow patches on it. Uh, the uh, geography teacher look. <laughs> Hot geography teacher look. <laughs> Mr. Moore. <laughs> what is the capital of Kenya, Mr. Moore? It's bloody Nairobi now, shut up. So I'm taking... Pictures in Hugo Drax's house. <laughs> so he goes out and he he has a a go at shooting the pheasants, but uh, Hugo Drax has already said to one of his men to shoot James Bond <laughs> from a tree. I think somebody might be a bit curious when James Bond turns up dead with a rifle round in him, and they've all been using shotguns <laughs> in, in the Hugo Drax estate, <laughs> and everybody else with shotguns left. <laughs> <laughs> I do like his line though the, you, you, you missed went. yeah and he's actually shot the guy in the tree what was he saying did I did I did I did I <laughs> <laughs> yeah considering he's just killed a man yeah he's very blasé about it cool about it <laughs> well, he's, he doesn't mind raping and killing or 
having sex with a woman who will later show up dead, even though he knows that it's going to happen. Oh well, yeah, because uh, the the pilot gets summoned, doesn't he? Doesn't she even rather? Yeah. Um, and and the guy, she she turns up in this little speedy golf cart, and uh, Hugo basically says to her, "You're you're fired with immediate effect." And the two dogs that we've seen earlier on eating meat mm-hmm. uh, are sitting there growling. So she starts running. Not the best course of action. There's a golf cart there. Yeah, just get in the golf cart. It's weird. I thought she was going to get in there. But no, she she runs off into the forest with high heels, and then the next shot when she's in the forest, she's wearing wellies. Did you notice that? Yeah, I was too busy looking at Hugo Drax's hat in this scene. (laughs) Do you remember it? Deerstalker. No, it's a deerstalker crossed with a Robin Hood hat. (laughs) It's fantastic. Massive point up top. Yeah, what a feather. Oh, I do feel it. Impressive. Yeah, she's dead because of Bond, though, that girl, wasn't she? Yeah. So, then, we're, again, we're fairly zipping along with the plot. We end up in... Is it... Oh, it's Venice, isn't Venice, it? Venice, because there's gondolas. Yeah. And he uh, he turns up to a glass manufacturing place, which is... He, he's seen that on uh, one of the blueprints he took from Drax's house. Yeah. And uh, he goes in, and it's like a, a showroom. And, of course, there's a hot woman there. And uh, can you remember the way she phrases, have a look about? Yeah, it's very strange, isn't it? Now, I wrote this down. What is it she says? Please go anywhere you wish. (laughs) (laughs) Who would use that as a phrase? (laughs) If you said that to someone in your house, they would would leave. (laughs) Get away. Please go anywhere you wish. I'll leave then. (laughs) (laughs) That's a creepy come on line. I'm out of here. Plus for a woman. That sounds really dodgy as well. (laughs) Don't say that around James Bond. <laughs> You'll be dead in the next scene. He, he goes in and kind of goes into the back room without her even saying anything. Finds some kind of square glasses. No, hexa- hexagonal glasses, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then joins a tour around the museum <laughs> where some plot is laid for later on, isn't it? Oh, there's a priceless vase and a glass-handled sword here. <laughs> These are two of the only ones ever made. <laughs> and uh, don't forget the vase is alarmed. Yes, yeah, the, the vase is alarmed, so don't try and steal it. <laughs> <laughs> and he sees uh, Dr. Goodhead there, doesn't he? <laughs> She's there, and after a short bit of James Bond stockage, <laughs> where he just walks right behind her and she doesn't notice, they have a quick conversation, because we've found out by this point that she's... Uh, in the CIA and she's on there on a mission as well mm-hmm. and uh, he's trying to convince her slash coerce her slash get her to uh, cooperate with him so that they can work together do you remember as well how he got to this place uh, by getting fired no, no that was, in, that's in the gondola that. which then became a speedboat which then became <laughs> a car well, that, yeah that's that's after this it's after this because oh, yeah. he, he says to her um Right then, Chirio, or whatever. Chirio. <laughs> <laughs> right then. See you at Tiffin. Ch- Chirio. <laughs> uh, and he, he, he just calls for the nearest gondola. Mm-hmm. The guy lets him jump in. So just this random gondola. <laughs> Which, like you say, later on, he's, he's getting boated past... Uh, well, if, if this is a British Secret Service gondola, surely that man that's pushing it is a British Secret Service agent... <laughs> He goes past a fairly suspicious-looking boat. Where it's got a coffin on it. Yeah. And... A man pops out the coffin <laughs> with some 
elaborate knife display. <laughs> Grabs a knife, shoot, like stabs the guy in the gondola who is a British Secret Service agent. Then James Bond acts. <laughs> oh, somebody's died. Oh, I better get moving then. Because the guy throws a knife at James and then he throws the same knife back at him. And despite this guy obviously being a knife expert, James Bond, much better. James Bond could do everything. <laughs> Kills, he, um, kills the guy straight away. And he falls back into the coffin. I like and that. the lid shuts. <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> it's a bit of weird disguise if you think about it, isn't it? And this is this is where it turns into the speedboat. Yeah. <laughs> Speed gondola. <laughs> Slash later on hovercraft. This is Car. this is an invention and a half, isn't it? Yeah, you didn't even see Q showing on this one. No, no. pay attention, Seven. <laughs> the first is, uh, the, the first is a normal gondola. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, car. <laughs> Have you listened to a word I've said? No, I was too busy looking at that woman. <laughs> no, look at her. Chidi, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So when he gets there, um, he's attacked. Oh no, he goes in to the scientist's room and he has a look at the violet they're observing. Before <laughs> that? Come on, you, you surely you noticed when no. he was hiding in the corridor. The tune that plays. The keypad, yeah. It's Close Encounters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which you have to get special permission from Spielberg to use. Did they? But he gave it because Spielberg loves Bond. Why, why nick that tune? Why not just make a random tune? Because it's space. Was it meant to be space agey? Yeah. So everybody would go, ooh, oh, just, like in, just like in that film we liked. And <laughs> you remember from being at the bank, Grant, you should always shield your pin. And this guy doesn't, and that's why James Bond got access to that secret lab. Because <laughs> the guy didn't shield his pin. Imagine if, when you put in your pin, it made a tune. <laughs> Someone just steal your card and replicate it. How many people would have that tune as well? Well, if someone had a good ear for music they could replicate it before the year three times were out yeah so he goes in to so the room lab. and there's two scientists there yeah. and then they nip off for some undetermined reason <laughs> oh no they, they take one of the things away one of the like bombs yeah. but it does look like a nuclear bomb mm-hmm. which I quite liked he he takes out some of these vials and then leaves them precariously <laughs> on the edge like these will probably smash if I leave them here but as long as I get out in time I'll be alright I just, just want to see what happens eh? <laughs> so um, the scientists go back in seal everything and then drop it <laughs> and then immediately die there's more people that Bond's killed. He's getting more people than Peter Sutcliffe. At this point, he's getting he's getting pretty bad because it's not like he's killing them because they're bad guys. These are just two scientists, yeah. and that was just a guy up a tree that he shot. <laughs> you never know, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was just like, "What's that guy up to? I'll look with my scope." <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Bang! Did I did I miss him? Uh, good have to play this down now. <laughs> I better run. <laughs> Toodaloo. Yeah, so he gets attacked by Drax's assistant. Who let's just call him Kato, because <laughs> it is it's Kato. It's Kato. <laughs> and their, their their next fight is very Kato and Cluso, isn't it? Mm. Let's fight backwards into the museum, where we'll smash lots of priceless ga- glass. 
I'll pick up that sword with the glass handle and uh, we'll lift that vase in various times. <laughs> well, I like, I like it though Bond lifts up the vase, the alarm goes off, so he puts it back. <laughs> he should have set the alarm off, he would have got some help. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> and he kicks him into a piano, eventually. Yeah. And his one-liner here, pretty dire. Play it again, Sam. <laughs> Who are you talking to, James? <laughs> so yeah, so he nips off to see Goodhead again. <laughs> and then he just goes about playing with our toys. Yeah. He just goes through the room, like, all the different secret... <laughs> he picks up our perfume, which, like, creates fireballs. He's like, oh, standard CIA issue? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Even for the guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one I think is the most hilarious is the handbag. How, like, as soon as he opens it, it starts making a radar noise, like... <laughs> You're like, what, what message was that transmitting? Mayday, mayday. <laughs> Agent down. <laughs> yeah, so Bond brings his American boss and M along to Drax's. I'm telling M on you. I'm telling M about your weapons. He's going to come and give you a row. But M, M and the well, other guy. He had sex with that woman again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Does that just go without saying now? Yeah. <laughs> we can't mention every time that's central. It's going to be here all night. We're not going to have time for that. <laughs> My note for that part, he's going to pump her again. <laughs> Drax has changed the room. Yeah. And Bond Overnight. Yeah. I guess he is rich, but uh, Bond does the classic cough on the edge move of, I'm taking a holiday to solve this case. <laughs> he's a loose cannon. <laughs> So he nips off to Rio. Yep. Where this undercover spy is staying in the president's <laughs> suite. <laughs> Brilliant. And just another random girl is there and straight away just, he just pops up. He just starts stripping her naked. <laughs> There's no consultation. There's no even like he's a professional <laughs> professional diplomacy, you know, because she's like another agent as well. And he's just like, nah, let's just... I'll just pump you. <laughs> Is there ever not a carnival happening in Rio, Hollywood? <laughs> kind of tired of this. Yeah. And Jaws starts walking along the street, doesn't he? As a scary clown. Yeah. <laughs> and when he gets to her, takes off the mask, and you can see it's Jaws, and then starts like try to fight her, but some guys start coming out of the club. So what does she do? Does she scream for help? Does she shout help? Or does she just go... And make silent, scared faces. <laughs> yeah, that's what she'll stick with. It's probably she's a mute now. Do they assume Jaws is like a costume then when they go past him? No, I mean, like, they, they don't even bother. They don't even bother. Because he just kind of holds her like. Speaking of his clown hugging. costume, by the way, I'd love the deleted scene where he gets that. He has to go to a shop <laughs> to book that. <laughs> He's like pointing at the book. <laughs> You want that one, big scary nine foot tall monster? Clown! <laughs> Clown, please. Here's <laughs> Michael Myers. <laughs> How much do we hear uh, Roger Moore's heels, by the way, in that previous fight scene? And just remember, all you can hear, like, all you can hear is the clip, 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 clip of his shoes. Like, maybe if you took off your Cuban heels, you'd get on better. Yeah, the, the next scene is the one where friend of the pod, Bob, and two times guest Bob has said that this is the last scene he enjoys in the film which is the cable car scene oh yeah yeah 
although I'm not sure I agree with him 100% of his police work there to quote Fargo how does Jaws find them? does he just miraculously manage to find them? but yeah there's a cable car fight isn't there that ensues with Jaws jumping from one to the other and stopping a turning wheel with his hands and biting through cables well bites through the cable for their car and then jumps on it and it doesn't plummet to earth <laughs> somehow even though he weighs like 30 stone yeah <laughs> I do love the shot of the two cable cars meeting which is you see from a good five, at least 500 metres away yeah excellent I don't like the scene of him jumping from one to the other though because it barely looks like an athletic jump because it's filmed on green screen and then when it's done in like Stunt when the stuntmen do it, you know it's a, a real kind of dive for life. <laughs> I, I love the my favorite bit in this fight though is Bond headbutting Jaws and <laughs> suffering real pain in his head as a result. <laughs> Did you also get the bit where the carriage stops and James says James starts climbing out through the roof and she's going where are you going and he goes better out than in. That doesn't make sense. Why would it be better outside of a carriage than inside? Maybe it was just a genuine malfunction. It was genuinely he'd farted there. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get away from that. It's stinking. Sorry, good head. <laughs> there is a lot of destruction, isn't there, though? Well, Jaws, they jump off the car before it hits, but Jaws hits into the main kind of control centre yeah. for the cable cars and lives through that as well. Yeah. With just mild chalk dust is damage <laughs> and some ridiculously hot Swedish looking girl comes and helps him and they instantly fall in love hold hands and walk away <laughs> instantly if, if I was Jaws I would instantly fall in love I don't know about her though <laughs> <laughs> so who's Bond kidnapped by who's the most evil member of society who we always want to portray as bad guys Paramedics. He's some paramedics, like. <laughs> Can you stand me some paramedics? Then the next notable bit, I think, is after he fights with the, with the paramedics, he fires one of them into a British Airways sign. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? That's the greatest moment in cinema history. <laughs> Puts the guy right in our mouth as well. <laughs> Before we get to um, a meet-up and uh, the start of laser guns <laughs> in this film... Let's uh, Stop have our mid time break. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here ringside with the Hulkster. Hulk, I hear you've got a new product you want to tell us about. I sure do, Mean Gene. People should get themselves across to badbloodclothing.de. You can pick up some cool t shirts and some wicked prints. All my little Hulkamaniacs should be buying them, and hulking out in them, and flexing in them, and taking the vitamins in them. You know it. They got all the characters you love, from film, TV, 80s video games, you name it, they've got it. Well, there you have it, folks. Get yourselves across to badbloodclothing.de. Just like he said. Because when it ain't cool for your health, it's bad for your blood. Badbloodclothing.de So Ross, um, yes, in the new James Bond film, <laughs> yeah. James Bond spends a lot of time in Scotland. He does. 
if you were Q and you were sending James Bond to Scotland, what kind of gadgets might you send him with? Well, I've went for uh, gadgets that already exist in real life, but I think would be of real help to James when he was in Scotland. The first one is, uh, we don't have a lot of sunlight in Scotland, so I think a sunbed <laughs> to replenish his uh, vitamin D would be <laughs> would probably be necessary, especially for Daniel Craig's tan, if you've seen that in the latest one. And I also thought, you know, the communication, I was thinking, what kind of d- device could I get so that he could understand what the hell people were saying? And I was thinking, Google Translate? Nah, it's, it's probably not going to work. So I thought, eh... What about just an Ur Willy book? <laughs> <laughs> Although then I was thinking, I don't know how many people in Scotland still th- say things like, help my boob! <laughs> um, so yeah, there's that. And uh, finally, I just thought, you know, because of the national diet, probably a pacemaker would be a good, <laughs> a good gadget for him to take with him, uh, just for the inevitable uh, heart failure that he's going to have from all the crazy food. <laughs> what about you, Grant? I think... Um bagpipes that doubles as a jetpack but only flies like as you play it <laughs> like a, a set of bagpipes that'd be pretty good and it'd make the noise as you're flying <laughs> which one would it make which which tune would you have to play Scotland the Brave yeah that's exactly what I was thinking classic bagpipe shoot <laughs> next I thought um, a heat seeking deep fried Mars bar <laughs> They would hunt the bad guys down and steadily increase their cholesterol. <laughs> I can see we're thinking along the same lines there. <laughs> then maybe some haggis, which you could put undercover as food. <laughs> can I tell you the story about the, the chip shop in, um, in Glenrothes? that used to have the sweetie counter obviously like behind the thingy and you could pick anything off the sweetie counter to get deep fried when deep fried marshmallows became popular <laughs> just thinking they had polo mints there <laughs> oh. did anybody ever try that a deep fried polo mint <laughs> right let's get back to some uh, some real gadgets Grant real gadgets because well, obviously Q again as well yep he is He's dressed as a man with no name. Yeah, he arrives on on a horse after a only after only saving himself for that ambulance. Did you <laughs> notice as well? Yeah, good heads away. Yeah, so it's just him that turns up because yeah, he bumps into Granny Penny again. Yeah, they have exactly the same joke where he just references the mission he's been on. <laughs> really shit. <sure. laughs> I guess Money Penny must know every inch and in detail of his day then. <laughs> She's, his, she's got his daily planner. <laughs> she knows precisely when he's having sex and what he's doing on each mission. Let's be honest, this is the 1970s, so he probably has a file of facts that he carries on him at all times. <laughs> I don't think Granny Penny would be able to open a file of facts. <laughs> What's this newfangled technology? <laughs> she still has her abacus on her desk. <laughs> so we see some monk kung fu, don't we? Just before we see... Uh, the more interesting uh, inventions that Q's been working on. Laser guns? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have them now. <laughs> what are we, like, Come on, 1979. <laughs> We're 33 <laughs> years along the line here and still no laser guns. <laughs> Did you notice that he says, I've got a vehicle for uh, for you, James, uh, as long as you can look after it? <laughs> and it's a boat. 
Right. It's a boat. You give them the jet ski slash gondola slash hovercraft. We really... Uh, we didn't ask any questions about that, but did he break this boat? <laughs> he was immediately it? starts getting torpedoed. <laughs> Goes a bit thunder in paradise here, doesn't it? <laughs> and he starts getting chased through the tropical... Oh, dang twice. <laughs> Bond's just another day in thunder in paradise. I was more like in Thunder and Paradise for Hulk Hogan in the, <laughs> the boat that was kind of like Knight Rider. <laughs> Do you notice that in nearly all Bond's uh, vehicles around this period, the first thing that he presses is a bulletproof screen? Mm-hmm. Like, even in the gondola, he has a bulletproof screen. Got a, a laserproof screen on his Moonraker shell. <laughs> Probably. Jaws is back. Yeah, apparently he wasn't happy with that smoking hot wife he had. He didn't just think, I'll retire, I've got a smoking hot wife. Because <laughs> he apparently instantly went and got married. <laughs> and this is him back, back to the do- back to the grindstone. <laughs> Why is his gun firing as well? Jaws? Yeah. Something big. Something that explodes. <laughs> a mine gun? <laughs> Has he got a Judge Dredd's gun? <laughs> the longest of rounds. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, James, how long has he had that boat? Like, 20 minutes? And then he just dumps it off a cliff, doesn't he? Dumps yeah. off a waterfall. Kenny wished he went down with it. <laughs> but instead he goes to fight a rubber snake. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he, well, We've talked was... about how a lot of these action scenes earlier we've actually quite enjoyed, like, especially... The, I mean, there have been flaws to them, but they've yeah. been quite enjoyable. This scene is atrocious. <laughs> Well, the other ones are comic fight scenes where at least there's some kind of peril, but it's so obviously like a rubber snake. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not really as scary. And he's 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 felched a pen as well. He nicked he nicked a uh, good head's pen. That's because that's how he dispatches it. Yeah, he stabs it, stabs it with a pen. Don't you see? The pen is mightier than the sword. <laughs> Name that film. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh. He didn't know that. I remembered <laughs> that when she told me. Who'd you say? Do you notice it's Mrs. Uh, you Can Go Anywhere Again? That's who he follows in the Mountain Hideaway. She has those come to Mountain Hideaway bed eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and Hugo Drax and two Cylons greet him. Hello. <laughs> you know what I wrote for uh, the bit where all the women. Like surround them round the pool and then he gets flicked into the pool. Mm-hmm. I just thought get ready to punch some women, James. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> kind of felt that was was gonna happen. What do you mean no? <laughs> <laughs> it's the way he rolls. <laughs> and then Jaws appears again. Just a bit wet. I, I don't get the whole like Jaws is just in invulnerable to pain, like Yeah, there's no kind of explanation for it the way there is where Robert Carlyle's character and the bond he's in where he's oh he's had his nerves severed and whatever it is well yeah have you ever seen uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo mm-hmm. the guy in that the guy that plays the baddie in that that's a big massive Russian boxer and he had like a, 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 a disease at birth that like stopped him really feeling as much pain and that was why he was a big bad guy for her throughout the second the, the second film of that series and that was that was good it kind of made sense but there was never that explanation with Jaws, was there? No, there was He was just not. a big bad guy. Speaking of things said or done with little explanation, when Drax says to Jaws, 
take him somewhere where he's sure of being warm. <laughs> uh, I wonder where that could be on a, a rocket base. <laughs> Put some in between Goodhead's legs. <laughs> Don't be cryptic with Jaws. Jaws is not going to pick up the subtleties of language, <laughs> is he? Jaws isn't all that smart. Just, just tell him. Just tell him where you want him. <laughs> yes, they sneak into the space shuttle. Well, and kind of nothing's happening at this point in the film. Well, <laughs> you see the guys that turn up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see the hats they're wearing? Nice hats, dweebs. <laughs> <laughs> like padded helmets. Yeah. Like rugby helmets or something. They're about to play touch football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and their mums have sent them out like that. <laughs> you know what I really liked in the scene where they were about to get burned alive, though? Was the ta- the conference table that folded away. It looked like a full-on table and then it folds away to nothing. I was well impressed with that. <laughs> yeah, that's... That redeemed a bit of the film for me here. Because then he breaks out using a watch that we've not seen described to us. Like, at no <laughs> point in the film did they say, by the way, Bonds, there's a dynamite TNT in the back of this watch. Just use it if you need to. Yeah. So then he uses that and manages to escape, like you say, and ends up boarding one of the shows. With good hair. Yeah. Do you think if you nipped on a space shuttle and just hid in the back... You'd be okay with it leaving the atmosphere. <laughs> with no training. <laughs> oh no, he's had training. He was on that centrifuge. <laughs> for a whole five minutes. <laughs> right, so they go to the dock. For the, well, they go to Hugo Drax's space station, which he's managed to build without anyone knowing. <laughs> you know, you know, so he's presumably been taking these shuttles up quite a lot without people knowing. <laughs> he would have seen it, thought he? I had a semantic problem with this scene as well is when he he reveals that he's going to use the compound which Bond discovered earlier to take over the Earth. That's them, him going to be conquering space. It's a well, no. (laughs) No, That's quite the opposite, actually. I do like the space station, though. The space station looks... On the inside? Well, the the outside it looks pretty cool. Like, it's a novel take. It doesn't look like any other space station I've seen in any other film. It's, at least it's good in that respect. Yeah, so because he does this Nazi speech, really, doesn't he? Yeah, master race and all this. Yeah. People like Jaws here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have everyone looking like this fellow. <laughs> yeah, and then they start doing some fighting. <laughs> yeah. Good Did head does some karate while Bond watches. <laughs> Do you notice how... Um, let's, let's see what moves she's got. Do you notice how she's never flown a space shuttle before but parks it like a pro? <laughs> <laughs> and the bad guy, that's the, when, he, when he does do his big speech, he, t- he sounds like Alan Rickman. He just automatically starts sounding like Alan Rickman. <laughs> what about when M speaks to the Russian counterpart and it's um, just a guy in a red smock... Yeah, just the way to bed because he's like, oh, it's a hard life, and then he's got some Russian blondie. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be good if she was the spy from The Spy Who Loved Me. Do, do you like the metal balls joke? No, because actually, I can't. I can't remember this film at all, really, from my childhood. Despite I know I've watched it at some point, but the metal balls joke I can remember. <laughs> it's the one part of this film that I can actually remember. Fill the audience in. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, James Bond goes to kick uh, Jaws and kicks him in the nuts, but all you hear is like a kind of jingle jangle and Jaws showing no pain. <laughs> Do you think he got his balls bronzed? 
Do you think that would be good? <laughs> that little Swedish girl is going to have some surprises. <laughs> well, she seems happy enough. <laughs> well, it can't be oral sex either, can it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. How would that work? <laughs> yeah, so Jaws realises that the, he's not part of the master no. race and neither is his little blonde Fräulein who no. uh, kind of fits the <laughs> the standard to be honest yeah. <laughs> she, she would get in other than her eyesight uh, she would get in because at this point we realise James, James has managed to switch off the, the radar drama and all the earth has seen the space station for what it is and the Americans immediately <laughs> have sent a task force yeah. of soldiers <laughs> who are space trained <laughs> and it doesn't take weeks for them to set up a launch it just took two minutes <laughs> Ross, I think you're forgetting something. What's that? This is America. <laughs> They're constantly prepared for anything. <laughs> Space troops. <laughs> That'd be a great division to be in. Eh? Oh, thank God, we're finally getting a call up. It's the first one. I, it's my last day at work. I've worked here for 40 years. I've never my had last to... day before retirement. <laughs> oh no, I've been hit by the laser beam. I've never had to discharge my space laser gun. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of bad in space acting here, isn't there? Yeah. Like, oh, we're taking slow motion time to do things. Because uh, there's a zero G scene, isn't there? Open the cargo doors, Hal. Drax. Drax. The Drax-Bond fight is very quick, though, isn't it? Oh, it's like two seconds. Puns and airlocks, that's mostly what that fight consists of, <laughs> more than any fight. Yeah, so Jaws ends up with his little wedge as the space shuttle's exploding. Well, yeah, we have to, there's, a, there's a massive, and it is massive, base battle, isn't there? Yeah. Between these American, like, six American troops and six shuttles worth of people that turned up who are now armed with laser guns as well for some reason <laughs> tight as dire though and nobody thought firing a laser gun indoors might not be the greatest idea <laughs> not a spaceship no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the, the, the spaceship starts to go into and it, it starts breaking up doesn't it James and Goodhead manage to get out in a shuttle because they're going to chase down the bombs that we saw earlier on because well, they've been um, fired at earth don't they, don't they escape in an X-Wing? <laughs> so it's good as. <laughs> because it's very much, isn't it? It's Q. Use the force, James. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a targeting computer. Yeah, he does, yeah. That's and right. He's even, he's going, easy, easy. It's like, stay on target, stay on target. <laughs> Jaws has to help them. Yeah. Because Jaws is allied now with James Bond. Yeah. Which was this his last appearance? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was fan pressure. I was sure to say how they appeared or they did. They reappeared and they became a good guy. Right, right. Fan pressure being children. Yeah. Not adults. No. <laughs> Jaws helps them get away. Yeah. And they discover at the end that Jaws is still alive somehow I as well. I don't know why James doesn't just open the door and go, Jaws, get on board. <laughs> It's okay because he does live through it all. Yeah, yeah. Kind of no reason, yeah there's no reason because that space station breaks up. He is going to die. That would have been a fitting end. Die a hero. Yeah. There's a 20 foot tall guy that we rescued. 
and we'll assume he's good and you know. <laughs> not one of the bad guys <laughs> even though he's got metal teeth <laughs> Yeah. James is a they just ran onto the, onto the station and shot him <laughs> <laughs> and the final shot was the little blonde girl crying over his corpse just a slow motion uh, shot uh, Jaws just falling to his knees with a laser hole in his chest <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a, fit, a fitting end to his term instead we have them just well, waving well falling there'd be a clang eh because <laughs> <laughs> James just makes quips about it no they'll be fine <laughs> No, James, actually, they're going to burn up on re entry and die. They must be pretty big, those shuttles, if they've got that many people in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does his look Skywalker a bit. Yeah, he shoots, shoots down the, the, the bombs that were headed for Earth. Then it's a good thing. The MacGuffins they... that were headed for <laughs> Earth. <laughs> they also know how to land. <laughs> so yeah. this is, that's a good thing. Because p- parking a shuttle, landing a shuttle, it's, oh, it's just like parking a car. <laughs> Dear God, what's Bond doing? He's sticking his cock in a vagina. <laughs> I think he's attempting re-entry, oh. sir. Yeah, we get some space sex before it before it all culminates, finishes up, don't we? We do. Because mandatory scene where James is pumping a board right at the very end. I'm glad <laughs> they got away from that for Skyfall. <laughs> there is some kind of dodgy stuff in his older Bond films when you re-watch them again. And it is... But none... More so than in Goldfinger, is it? Where um, he's getting a massage for the girl and Felix Leiter comes over to talk to him. And he's like, you better go now, love. Pat on the arse. Man talk. <laughs> <laughs> or where he tells the, the black guy to fetch his shoes and Dr. No, <laughs> fetch my shoes. <laughs> uh, uh, does he say it that aggressively? <laughs> he does. <laughs> There's no niceties about him. <laughs> He's a bit of a dinosaur. Yeah. It, it, it has the same problem as well with the whole, um, I'll put you in this room, but before that I'll tell you my plan. And then, and then you won't be able to escape. You're going to die. Oh, you've escaped. Thing. And you've killed me. Oh, well. <laughs> so, is that it? Yep. That's, that's Moonraker for you. <laughs> so, Grant, what was your jump the shark moment? Well, um, I've said already that The Spy Who Loved Me is my favourite one. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is it walks the line really well between comedy and serious. Mm. It never veers into the self-parody which this film goes into. And I think that's... Like, this film's almost a spoof. Yeah. It's it's all... It's version on Goldmember. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the Goldmember's obviously based on this. Yeah. It really didn't have to do anything to change this film. To make it silly. No. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of jump sharp moment, I think the moment I've chosen is when I think the film goes too far over the line into self-parody and becomes just stupid, which is when he starts driving the gondola and the gondola <laughs> becomes the car. But not specifically that bit. It's the bit where the pigeon does the double take. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really bad bit of film, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that it takes a lurch... Too far in that direction. I mean, they were going for, like, I don't know, Star Wars yeah. and Charlie Chaplin <laughs> together. <laughs> and they were too close to Charlie Chaplin for my taste. Yeah. Probably your asses. For me, you know, it, it was it was really obvious that it was designed around the, the films that were popular at the time with the sort of, like, Space 2001 and Star Wars and 
things like that that came out at the time. And they had an opportunity to, to go in a certain kind of direction. And I think my jump to shark moment is the, the point where the speedboat goes over the cliff. Because from that point on, without even having seen the film, I know that he's going to assault the bad guy's secret hideout. He's going to get put in a room where he's going to have it described to him exactly what the plan is and the fact that he's going to die in that room. He's going to escape that room. He's going to fight the bad guy in whatever the place that is. Like, it runs the formula to the letter. It's born by numbers, but they've... All they've done is stuck it in space. Yeah, and they've tried to... They've tried to remember all things in here, but unfortunately they've had them all in the, like, the first half an hour. Yeah. It goes. It, it does go from a possible Bond film that could have had an interest in space twist to a Bond film in space. Yeah. With no no discernible difference from any other Even Bond just film. Even a space film. I also hate as well this tendency within Bond films to just have the Americans rushing to the rescue all the time. Yeah. And the bit at the start of the 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 British guy. <laughs> oh, don't worry, it's the RAF. Oh, fuck, we're dying. <laughs> and when you consider that it was a Franco-British production, yeah, like it tells you in the credits, like the only real sign of that is the Concorde mm-hmm. that you see footage of Landon. Other than that, it's all based around the Americans and the British. And the British not doing a very good job. Yeah, that's my jump to shark moment, is the, the bit where the, the boat goes over the cliff. So the same moment as you chose in Indiana Jones. Yeah, I remembered. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like boats going over cliffs, Grant. <laughs> it should get down to the core right? <laughs> <laughs> Every <laughs> time that occurs in a film, it's going to be your jump the shark moment. <laughs> Basically, any river-based film is going to jump the shark at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Our music is Mr. Beeps, Thousand Furious Beats. Check him out on MySpace. Just search for M-I-S-T-E-R-B-E-E-P. So, that's us. What's our Facebook? Don't Jump the Shark Film Podcast. Twitter? At Don't Jump Shark. iTunes? Just go and write us a review. Go on. Help me <laughs> Don't jump the shark f- at. <laughs> yes, isn't it? It's just yeah. don't jump the shark at hotmail.com. Twister? Uh, tw- twister? Twister. <laughs> Left hand <laughs> green. <laughs> Next week, the sequel. <laughs> Next time on Don't Jump the Shark Spider Man 3. Mr. Stammer. <laughs> <laughs> Never has emo and jazz been united in one man. <laughs> oh great, a British stereotype playing a reporter. I'm confused and terribly British. <laughs> That's us. Bye. See you later. I've actually got a question for you this time.
<laughs> he doesn't matter. <laughs> this has been a boom production. <laughs> <laughs>